Good morning, Covenant Network. Here we are on this Monday morning, October 18th. It's so good to be with you. I'm Adam Wright. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. Let's begin our day in prayer as we do each and every day. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, what a busy month it has been. It's, it's hard to believe, you know, especially October is one of those ones that kind of tricks me into thinking it's a five-week month because there are five Sundays in the month. It just seems like a long month, but we are past the halfway point, more than past the halfway point. And uh, it, it's amazing how the time's flying. The, the, the sun is coming up later in the morning. It's going down earlier in the evening. It's, it finally feels like fall in St. Louis, uh, you know, and we're getting there. We're getting there. And the year, soon enough. I mean, I had I had this, this scary thought that, you know, not scary. It's not actually frightening. But it, it made me mind the time that there are six Sundays left until Advent, you know. We're counting down the days here until the end of the liturgical year. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But whether I believe it or not, it is the truth. It is the fact of the matter. And, well, the time keeps marching on, right? I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you had a, uh, a prayerful weekend, that, that Holy Mass was good, that you had some good prayer time over the weekend. For those of you that had to work, I hope that it wasn't too stressful or, or, or too uh, too tiring. I hope that you get a chance to rest at some point as well. We had a, a weekend filled with soccer games and uh, other fun things, including s'mores, which more on that maybe later. More on that because I uh, we had some fun with some s'mores this weekend. But, you know, what really sticks out to me was the homily we heard yesterday. And if I may, I just want to share some of that with you. Um, Father Nicholas Smith had, had this great homily yesterday about our journey to Jesus, right? And uh, he, he was talking about the stagecoaches of, of days past, which is so great as we're in, in church, you know, we're at Holy Mass in a church in the, the, the shadow of the Gateway Arch, the gateway to the West. And he's talking about the stagecoaches that used to go out West and the different kinds of tickets you could have. You could have a first class ticket or a second class ticket or a third class ticket. And uh, he, he said, you know, when we think of first class, second class, third class, or, or as we say it today, um, you know, first class, business class, economy, uh, we think of different levels of service that we receive. You know, obviously for, if I'm flying first class, I expect to be in a, a nice cushy chair have a good meal. Maybe my beverages are comped. I don't know. I don't expect that in economy, right? I don't expect that in economy. There's a reason the fares we buy are so cheap because we buy the no frills one. But in the stagecoaches, this is the point Father Father Smith was making. In the stagecoaches, the uh, the the difference between first class, second class, and third class was this. You know, stage class coach they didn't have different cabins. Everybody was sitting in the same coach. The, the bench on this side was just as comfortable as the bench on that side. But 
if the coach got stuck in the mud or if the wheel was damaged. If you had a first-class ticket, you, you didn't have to do anything. You just stayed, stay seated, please. We'll, we'll take care of this. If you had a second-class ticket, you had to get off of the coach while they did the repair to lighten the load, lighten the weight on the coach while they do the repair. But if you had a third-class ticket, this is where it gets a little interesting. You know, stagecoaches don't travel with maintenance crews. It's the driver and, and maybe one other person with the driver and then the passengers. If you had a third-class ticket, not only did you have to get off the coach, but you would be expected to take your jacket off and roll up your sleeves and help do the repairs, whether that's pushing the stagecoach out of the mud and getting dirty in the mud or uh, fixing the wheel or whatever whatever needs doing. That's what you expected to do. And Father's point in all of this was, you know, sometimes we think about our, our journey on the Christian life, that we're just along for the ride. Jesus is doing the hard work, and there's nothing left for us to do. We just have to get on board. Get on board, you know. What's that old that old hymn, the gospel train? Get on board, little children. Um, but he, he made it very clear. You and I are third-class passengers. We don't get to go through this journey of life, God willing, on, on our trip to heaven, in the metaphorical stagecoach, without the expectation that we're going to take off our jackets and roll up our sleeves and get our hands dirty as we do the work of our faith. You know, St. James would say faith without works is dead. And he said there's really no reason why we shouldn't expect to have to do some work, whether it's prayer, works of mercy, etc. And he made that very clear, that we are all third-class passengers if if this were a stagecoach, we gotta we gotta roll up our sleeves and be ready to go. So that's that's the moral of the story today. And I thought that was great. Now, that aside, I did mention s'mores and I want to share with you with you this. You know how I'm always talking about being prepared, being prepared, being prepared. Well, there are times that it's fun just to kind of go with the flow. And Saturday evening that was one of those things. After feeling uh a little bit shy about going outdoors because the allergy index has been so high. We went out Friday night. We had a little campfire in the backyard in our fire pit, and uh, it was great. We're all seated around the fire. We've got our blankets. It was a beautiful night for it. And we decided, let's roast some marshmallows and make some s'mores, right? Well, when you run out of graham crackers, how are you going to make s'mores? So first, my wife comes out with saltines. And I'm thinking, are you going to make s'mores out of saltines? I'm I'm questioning where she's going with it. She said, no, I'm having a bowl of soup really quick, and then I'm going to make s'mores with something else. And I said, but we have no graham crackers. What shall we use? And she went inside, and she got those fudge-striped cookies. Have you ever had those before? The ones that are, <coughs> pardon me, they're like a butter a butter cookie with a, a fudge coating on the bottom and then the stripes across the top. She said, look, it's a convenient, it's not a graham cracker, it's, it's a convenient hard cookie with a chocolate coating. You've got two of your ingredients for s'mores right there. I have to admit, I was a little skeptical at first, but, oh my goodness. Now, nothing like the original. Nothing like the original. You cannot compare this to the original s'more, but they were good. So try them out. Find, if you find yourself in a pinch, they work. Uh, today on the show, we've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to be talking about the, the liturgy of the Word a little bit. We've got a great reflection for us from Father Kirby, and then we're also going to go back up on the road to Peoria and talk with Bishop Tilka about daily prayer. All of that here on Roadmap to Heaven this morning, but first let's go to Mike Roberts and get that check of the weather.
Our work week gets off to a very nice and warmer than normal start again for this October. Sunny with a high of 75 today, clear tonight, lows in the mid to upper 40s tomorrow. Sunny with a high of 75 degrees. On Wednesday, a cool front arrives, partly sunny, a slight chance for a shower or storm, a high of 75 degrees. And on the other side of that, Thursday, it will be cooler, variable clouds with highs in the mid-60s. Friday, mostly sunny, highs in the low 60s. And next weekend, mostly sunny Saturday with a high of 62. Sunday, scattered showers and storms are possible with a high of 65 degrees. Today is the feast day of St. Luke the Evangelist. Born in Antioch, it's generally accepted that Luke was a Greek physician who converted to Christianity. That makes Luke the only Gentile among the apostles and gives him a unique voice which speaks to us through the gospel and the acts of the apostles. Luke is responsible for roughly one quarter of the New Testament. Bible scholars say Luke appears to have joined Paul at Philippi, which is where he shows up in Acts, and tradition holds that Luke was a painter and especially fond of painting the child Jesus and the Blessed Mother, including the image of Our Lady of Chestahova, more commonly referred to as the Black Madonna. How Luke died is not clear. Most say he was martyred, but some say he died while writing the gospel. It is known he was 84 years old and living in Greece when he went to heaven. Today, we'll hear from Luke as he tells us how Jesus deployed his disciples while at the same time calling for more to spread the gospel. The Lord Jesus appointed 72 disciples whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out more laborers for his harvest. So let's do as Jesus commanded. St. Luke, please pray for us and for more holy men and women of God to help the Lord harvest through religious vocations. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Well, once again, we are on the road in the Diocese of Peoria with Bishop Louis Tilka, the coadjutor bishop of the diocese. Uh, bishop Tilka, good to be with you again. Thank you. In an interview you gave, looking back at your, your first several months here as coadjutor in the diocese, you mentioned how dependent you are upon a time of prayer, especially your holy hour in the morning and calling on the Holy Spirit throughout the day. I can't begin to imagine what it's like for a bishop. I used to joke with my pastor that I think they should add into the ordination rite for priests the giving of the parish calendar to the priests because they seem to be in meetings from sunrise to sunset. Sure. Um, why is that hour of prayer so important to you as you get ready for your day as coadjutor? Well, the, the importance of prayer is that it uh, grounds us in our relationship with the Lord. And, uh, you know, when I look at uh, the tasks that, that lie before me on any given day, uh, they cover so many different uh, aspects of, of the church, of people's lives. Um, and so to uh, be able to... Uh, be strengthened um, to to remind myself of why I do what I try to do, <laughs> um, and to certainly listen to the Lord's guidance uh, and the you know to call upon uh, the Spirit. Uh, it the, my first hour of the day and that that time of prayer um, will sustain me throughout the day, you know, uh, and and it's also you know it's a time when I can bring. 
specifically to uh, the Lord, the, the cares and concerns that um, uh, the, the challenges and opportunities I have, I can bring and, and, and ask the Lord um, for the guidance that, that's necessary for me to, to do my ministry. We often hear that all of us, not just bishops and, and priests, but all of us should begin our day with prayer. And, you know, the, how I wish I could walk out of my bedroom down the hall and have a, a small chapel with our Lord present in the house and make a holy hour, but I probably would not get three minutes in without the children interrupting and saying, Dad, what's for breakfast? Dad, what are we having for lunch today at school? Dad, 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 right. Dad. What, what are your thoughts uh, especially having grown up in a family youngest of six children, for the lady on how they can begin their day with prayer? So I would say there's a couple things to do. Uh, one is is we know the importance and the value of, of taking time for prayer. Uh, it's nice to do that in the morning, <laughs> but if it doesn't work, find another time, you know. Uh, I would say that even though you may not be able to commit an hour of your day uh, uh, first thing in the morning, uh, there are things you can do uh, that, that, you know, open the day uh, to the presence of the Lord uh, in prayer. Uh, so uh, I, I tell, told the, the young people that I was privileged to confirm in my first confirmation homily for the, my first year, I said, which is a true statement, when I get up in the morning and I, you know, roll over, turn off the alarm clock and, and put my feet on the ground before I push myself out of bed, I simply say, Lord, today's yours. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it, it takes all of five seconds to just call upon the Lord and say, I'm going to give you, thank you for another day. Thank you for another day. Let it be yours. You know, uh, there's obviously uh, in the busyness of life, uh, the craziness of families and households in that, uh, there's a lot of competing uh, things for our interest in that, but, uh, you know, we could also say, I may not be able to give you that hour, Lord, but I can give you five minutes right now. You know, uh, maybe it's standing in the shower for an extra two minutes to, <laughs> to say prayer, uh, you know, or as we're getting our, uh, getting dressed, making sure we close the door and the kids are out there and we're able to just, uh, take 30 seconds there. Um, I think there's a lot of little ways. I, I often say, even when I talk about the importance of praying to the Holy Spirit, uh, which I do multiple times a day, um, you know, the reality is God is always present to us. Uh, a prayer makes us aware that God is there. It's not like we have to call upon the Lord and say, hey, come over here and visit me now. Uh, he's with us already. The Spirit is always present to us. Uh, Jesus said, I will be with you to the end of the ages. So, you know, the Lord is there. It's It's our attention and awareness that that prayer brings us to that presence. I'm glad you mentioned taking that extra two minutes, perhaps, to just stand there as you're getting ready and take some time for prayer. I, I had some friends that, with their children, for their vocabulary words in school, they would write them in dry erase marker on the bathroom mirror and say, while you brush your teeth, study your vocabulary words. I've often wondered, is that, you know, irreverent to say, while I brush my teeth, perhaps I can say my three Hail Marys to begin no, the day? I have, I, I, that reminds me of a story of a good friend of mine, a priest friend of mine, uh, who uh, uh, the one day I went over to visit, this goes back many years when I was a, a newly ordained priest, I went over to visit him uh, in his rectory and uh, you know we were having a lovely conversation, we were gonna go out to dinner and I said, well, before we go to dinner, let me use the bathroom. And 
uh, you know, he pointed me to the bathroom in his suite, and I went in, I, I, I used the bathroom, and then I went to wash my hands, and on his mirror were taped all these different spiritual quotes, uh, ideas, and, uh, and I teased him about it. I, I was, you know, laughing because uh, I said, how do you look at yourself in the mirror to shave in the morning when you've got all of these different uh, spiritual uh, quotes and that and, and uh, so we had a good laugh about it but you know it's it, it was an opportunity very creative way to you know when you're doing something that you normally do also bring a little spiritual moment into it uh, you know it wasn't like he was going to shave and, and read every single one of those 10 or 15 quotes <laughs> that were on the mirror but one would catch your attention for the day or something like that. This is a good place to stop and take a break in our conversation. When we come back, we will continue talking about the importance of prayer with Bishop Louis Tilka of the Diocese of Peoria in Illinois. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back after this. We are back. If you're just joining us, we're on the road today in the Diocese of Peoria in Illinois talking with Bishop Louis Tilka about prayer. Every year in the month of September, we reflect on stewardship, time, talent, and treasure. And, and one of those great gifts is time, especially time spent in prayer. And I think not just over this past year of, of so many who were homebound, uh, not by choice, but by circumstance, but also those who are homebound for, for any number of reasons that in this phase of life, they have a great gift of time that they can offer to the Church uh, through their prayer, very similar to the monks in the monastery and the, the sisters and the, the, the nuns in the cloister. Um, why is it so powerful to have those faithful praying and interceding for the Church throughout the day? You know, I, I've talked uh, about this uh, as a bishop now for the last year. Um, I, uh, more than ever in my life, have felt the power of prayer sustaining me, uh, especially as I'm beginning to learn what life is like as a bishop, uh, the many challenges and uh, things that I face on a daily basis. Knowing that people are praying for me um, has has just been literally overwhelming um, because I know that my uh, ability uh, to be fruitful as a minister is reliant upon the grace of knowing that there are others supporting me in this this ministry uh, especially through through prayer you know as a priest over the years uh, I've been asked thousands of times father will you pray for this situation this person who's sick uh, I used to always laugh when someone would come to confession and they'd go behind the screen and then as soon as confession was over they'd look behind look around the screen revealing who they were and say Father, I need you to pray for this situation in life, or my mom because she's sick, or my dad, or, you know. Uh, and I, of course, always would raise those people up in those situations in prayer, um, feeling, you know, part, that's my job as priest in that. But uh, I, I honestly, you know, didn't often, often ask people to pray for me. Uh, and uh, so now as a bishop, people are doing that automatically, and, and I feel that. Um, I feel that, you know, uh, I was at a, a parish visit recently and, um, the, you know, the, the pastor in welcoming me to his three parishes talked about, we were so excited that the bishop was going to come visit us for the weekend and be with us. Uh, we did what we called our summer Lent. And, and so for 40 days, we've been praying for you with, very intentionally. Um, that was the greatest gift 
that I could ever ask for is to know that people were making that that time of sacrifice. And that. So you know, there's a, there are people who, for whatever circumstances, uh, have more time. Um, you know, and and when they use that time. Uh, to offer a prayer and a sacrifice and a request to the Lord for others, uh, that, that, that power is just, that grace is out there in such a, 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 both a humbling but a beautiful way. Now, one of the beautiful things about the, the supernatural aspect of all of this is I don't need to know exactly what your intentions are. I'm not going to know everything on your desk that you're wrestling with and the decisions you have to make, but I know that you have to make decisions, yes. and, and so do my pastor and our priests and the Holy Father. And there, there's a great beauty in that, that we could just say, for the Holy Father's intentions, right. Lord, I offer you this prayer. Right. Yeah, and, and you know, offering those prayers again, I would not limit it to just the Pope and the bishops and the priests and and the religious. I mean, we do that for so many different situations. You know, uh, you think of the the tragic situations of life. You know, the recent hurricane and flooding and the fires and uh, you know turmoil in the world and that. Uh, I don't know every one of those people's challenges and uh, hopes and dreams and that, but I can, in a generic way, uh, say, Lord, just be with those people who are dealing with this situation, or, you know, yes, indeed, pray for the Pope and pray for the bishops and pray for the priests because they've got a lot on their plate, but also pray for the, the doctors and nurses who are attending to the sick and to the first responders who are out there and the teachers who are, are trying to teach in the midst of a pandemic. I mean, uh, lifting all of those situations up is just um, uh, inviting grace to touch the, the, the world in, in very powerful ways. And yeah, I, I may not know those specific needs, but I can know that there are people out there who need those prayers, and so I can lift them up. You mentioned before that throughout the day you invoke the Holy Spirit, and as a reminder, uh, not because the Holy Spirit has gone away, but to remind you that the Holy Spirit is right here sure. with you, and um, I know so many who have a routine now that perhaps they, they say their morning prayers when they wake up, their rosary mid-morning, they, they might set alarms. Uh, I think of a bishop I know who said, you want to pray the Angelus every day, but you don't remember 6 noon and 6, pray at breakfast, lunch, yeah. dinner. Yeah. Have that as part of your routine. How do those routines help keep us grounded throughout the day? You know, uh, there, there's, there's uh, a lot of different ways to pray, right? There's not the one-size-fits-all, and what works for me today may not work for me six months from now. You know, we go through deserts uh, in our spiritual journey and that. So uh, the routine, uh, and especially like the rope prayers and that, I mean, it, it, it's like the, the, the foundation. It's, it grounds us so that when perhaps, you know, uh, especially going through a day that gets really hectic and crazy, if, if we realize, uh, why is my phone alarm going off? Uh, oh, that that's re my reminder that I said to take a moment to pray. It just pulls us back and and. and puts us on that foundation, you know? It, it grounds us again into the reality of the relationship we have with the Lord. Um, and so, um, yeah, you gotta find what works, uh, and you gotta be adaptable, because <laughs> again, sometimes it's gonna work this week, but not next week. Um, and you just gotta be open. And, and for me, like, I, I have a great devotion to the Holy Spirit, and uh, so I, I, I use simp the simple words, come Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes I got to say it ten times for me to really be open and aware. Sometimes I only got to say it once, <laughs> and and I feel that the Spirit is there uh, and, and offering what is necessary in the moment. So, uh, just being open to however that's going to develop. 
one final question for you. Uh, when we talk about prayer, obviously the goal is also to grow in relationship, as we discussed when we were talking about making disciples. That this is At the end of the day, this is not about knowledge of the Lord so much as it is relationship with the Lord. And there are times where it's good for me to come home and say to my wife, I'm home, I love you. Uh, but there are also times that it's good for me just to be in her presence. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we think of that with prayer, that we get very uneasy because we're a very busy culture. We're a very busy society. Do you have any tips for just slowing down and, and you know, we call to mind that we're in the presence of God, but then just being in his presence and allowing him to work on our I, hearts? I think that's, that's very important. Um, we don't have to go to prayer with an agenda, <laughs> uh, which is what we often do. Uh, you know, a lot of times, even in our prayer, Lord, here's my issue, here's my problem, and here's how you should solve it. <laughs> you know, uh, often that doesn't work. You know, uh, we we have to give ourselves the time and space uh, to uh, have those moments where we could just still ourselves, quiet ourselves uh, as best we can, shut out the world. And then allow that voice of the Lord to, to well up within us. Um, so my recommendation with that is because, as we were, you mentioned, you know, not every privilege uh, to have a chapel with the Blessed Sacrament in your house. Uh, thank God I am as a bishop, you know. Uh, but uh, whether it's a, 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 a comfortable chair in the corner, uh, whether it's a, a, a sturdy chair because you need <laughs> need a, a strong backing, uh, you know, uh, maybe it's just a, 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 a kind of like a, a walking path uh, back and forth, pacing along the fence out in the backyard type of thing. Find a space, you know, uh, that that uh, you could know that when I sit in that chair or I take that little walk along the back of the fence, um, I, I do so sometimes with a very deliberate intention, which is to say I'm, I'm shutting out the world for me to hear God speak within. Um, doesn't mean you can't use the same comfy chair to watch the football game when you're ready to watch the football game, but you, know, uh, you could also know that there are times when I go and I sit in that chair and that might be, I claim that time because when I go and sit in that chair, I, I you know, I light the candle next to me or I, I pick up the, my, my prayer book or, you know, uh, so I, it, it's, it's creating the intentional space. Um, encourage and create a physical space that when you go to, you know that, but also it, sometimes it's just got to be, in a sense, a, a mental space, uh, arrange the furniture in our heads to say, this is this is when I uh, check out of the world and check into God. I know that's been a benefit for me in my my daily rosary is using the the decades. It, it takes me about a decade and a half to quiet my mind down and, and kind of withdraw from the world for a moment. And I find I sit in my same comfortable chair praying it, and often with my hand up over my face for no other reason than to block sure. out the visible distraction. And uh, I, I'm always grateful, especially on the days when I'm the busiest, and I say I don't have the time for this. I'm grateful for taking that. I think time. one of the things, especially you know, for, for people in families, you know, uh, uh, again, I have the chapel in my home that I can go and, and I'm the only one there, you know, uh, I don't have somebody knocking saying, you know, dad or, you know, mom, I need this. Uh, but, uh, I think for families, obviously it's important for families to pray together. It's important for everybody to pray for themselves. Uh, but also, you know, you could create that space where, you know, if dad is, over in that chair, that, that that's that's where Dad is going to have his uh, five minutes of quiet, you know. Or if Mom is, 
you know, goes here. <laughs> this is her space, and and we teach our kids that. Uh, in, in fact, inviting them to find that space, you know, uh, find that space in their corner of their messy room with all their toys and that. But if you go sit in that corner, let's claim that space as your your little prayer spot. Wonderful ideas for us. Bishop Tilka, I can't thank you enough for welcoming us to Peoria today. Could I ask you to close our time together with a prayer? Heavenly Father, you want us to be in relationship with you, and we encounter you in so many moments of grace each and every day, and especially in the moments of prayer that we take. Help us to prioritize that time. Help us to create those spaces externally, internally, where we can be present to you because you are always present to us. Make us people of prayer, for prayer is our foundation. It's what grounds us in our relationship with you and invites us to experience your love and your voice. Come Holy Spirit, open our minds and hearts. Help us to be people of prayer. Amen. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We will be back right after this. Here we are on Monday. It's a new week. It's time for a new theme for our daily dose of encouragement. And I've just been thinking all day today about I, I really want to know, I really desire to know what our topic's going to be this week. Patty Schneier's with us. Patty, so good to have you here as always. Hello, Adam, and hello, listeners. It's a new week, a new topic for our daily dose of encouragement. And this week, I want to talk about holy desire. God has placed in our hearts desires. And we need to pay attention to those desires. And so this week I want to share some things that I've learned from the theology of the body and our study of the theology of the body. I learned from John Paul II and from studying at the Theology of the Body Institute that actually with every desire we have, we have three options. Three options. What are we going to do with this desire? The first one is we can repress it. Say, oh no, that's bad, bad, bad stuff. I'm going to shove it, stuff it. And actually what happens is we become like a stoic with our desire. We just try to ignore it. But the opposite of that, the second option is to grasp at the desire and say, I want it, I want it, I want it, more, 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 more. But then we run the risk of it becoming an idol and we run the risk of becoming an addict to our desires, which we don't want that either. The third option is when we take our desires, we don't repress them, we don't ignore them, We don't make them an idol. We don't grasp at them. The third option is when we open our desires for whatever it is, we open it to God and we ask him to make our desires good and true and beautiful. In that way, we be, the, the desire that we have becomes an icon. It becomes a window to God because he has placed that desire in our heart and he wants it to be true, good and beautiful. And that way we become like the mystic where we take all of our desires and we take them to God. So John Paul II says one of the most fundamental desires of the human person is to know and be known. That is a holy desire, to be seen and affirmed in our goodness. So today, let's take our desires, take them to God, open them up to God, and let him know that we want to be known and loved by him. And then let us go out into the world and know and love other people as they want to be known and seen. Let our desires be filled with God's holy truth, goodness, and beauty. You know, every now and then we start talking about these daily doses of encouragement, and I have the feeling that we're going to put out into the deep. This is one of those weeks. Patty Schneier, it's so good to have you with us today.
We are back. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Monday morning, October 18th. This past uh, weekend, yesterday actually, we uh, made a beef roast for dinner. It's a tri-tip. It's one we, we often go to. I've told you about it before. And every now and then I have this great debate. Do we do we use the steakhouse sauce with it, uh, which is, oh, it's, it's a great sauce, or do we make a horseradish cream sauce? I like a good horseradish cream sauce. And, you know, what I've learned is the trick to a good horseradish cream sauce is letting it meld, letting it have that time. I mix it together, sour cream, horseradish spread, put some fresh ground black pepper in there. And the longer I can let that sit in the refrigerator and just be together, you know, not actively doing anything, not stirring it, not messing with it, just letting it mix it together and let it sit. Put the ingredients together and let it sit. It becomes exponentially tastier. You know, it's so good, so good. And I often think, you know, as I've been encouraging us to pray the rosary, not just in this month of October, but throughout the year, it, it, it's when I pray the rosary, it's when I pray the longer I sit, you know, not doing anything necessarily, not like, Lord, I got to say this and I got to say that and I want to say this and I need to express this, Lord, and Lord, this, Lord, that, Lord, that, God, God, uh, please hear me for this, please hear me for that, please hear me for this, but just to sit with him, to be there, spend that time. Let him work on me the same way that, that sour cream and that horseradish work on one another, but in, in a much better way. Let him work on me in my heart. It's an amazing thing. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just just take the time to be with him. Take the time to be with our Lord. Let him work on your heart today. I want to thank Bishop Tilka for welcoming us on the road to the Diocese of Peoria. I'd like to thank Father Kirby for sharing his words with us. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. Until next time, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today.